Hello and welcome to These Amazing Places podcast. This is show number 181 for the week of October 10th, 2011. I'm Adam and I'm your host this week. Thanks so much for joining us. On this week's show, we're going to be talking about Boston, Massachusetts. I sat down with my brother and just kind of went over some basic details in terms of transportation, getting around Boston, some tips on driving, which are very important, and just a few other things, including maybe some side places to visit and some food places to check out. My brother lives there. He's been living there for about four years, and he comes from Ohio, of course, where I grew up, where we grew up. And so he's got a lot of tips for what might be helpful for your visit. So stick with us, and we'll have a good show. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash amazingplaces. Connect with us on Flickr at flickr.com slash photos slash theseamazingplaces. Check out some of our Ustream videos at ustream.tv slash channel slash these dash amazing dash places. And also, you can book travel with us or vacations with us by calling Roy at one 441 4414 or go to our website, theseamazingplaces.com and click on the booking tab. everybody and here we are with my brother Avery first time on the show welcome Avery thank you thank you <laughs> okay so one of the first things I want to talk about uh, in regard to Boston is the fact when you're driving it's a little crazy and so I like to refer to it and Jamie likes to refer to it as the Boston left so uh, what's what's a good pointer for out-of-towners when they're driving in Boston how to deal with the Boston left <laughs> well, specifically the Boston left would be a reference to when you're at a stoplight, it's a red light, and you want to take a left turn, and the oncoming traffic's going straight, so you're, a Boston left would be gunning it right when it turns green to make it in front of the people coming straight. Uh-huh. But, I mean, that does come in play, but a lot of times they'll let you go if they want you, if it's the appropriate time to do it, they'll they'll give you a hand motion, or they'll be delayed on their takeoff when it turns green, but... That's not so much the anger part when it comes to out-of-town drivers. It's more of um, the aggressiveness that you drive. Okay. And I think the aggressiveness, it's like driving in Columbus or any big city where you have a, an aggressive driving. But um, when you say the Boston left, too, is it is it usually only the first car that gets the left turn and then everybody else has to wait? Or is it a couple of cars sometimes? Uh, it depends on how eager the people are behind the first guy. <laughs> Some, sometimes it's one car, okay. sometimes it's three cars. Okay. So it's all all dependent on the first person on the other side, basically, is what you're saying. All right. Um, yeah. So, okay. So uh, as far as also driving in Boston, we were talking about it just here a couple hours ago, uh, well, an hour ago, but about uh, when you're merging in traffic and how out-of-towners can get really mad at other drivers in Boston because they kind of merge weird. Uh, describe that for you. I mean, it may be just regular city driving, but... Yeah, I mean, it's probably similar to... Columbus where like if you're I mean everybody's stuck in traffic everybody wants to get somewhere and we're all in the same we're all we're all not happy that we're stuck in traffic so I guess how Boston people would view it would be um, unless you're going to take the assertiveness to get yourself in the line they're not going to like stop and wait and let you in mm -hmm. 
they're gonna they expect you to get, cut them off a little bit like if if you want to get in front of me you have to stick your nose in front of me to get in front of me if not then I'm just gonna, I'm gonna ignore your blinker that you have on so like the Midwestern people or anyone outside of Boston would say I have my blinker on someone should let me over oh Boston yeah. would be like I see your blinker but you're not doing anything about it so I'm just gonna keep driving right Rather so, than turn your blinker on and then go right, right away. Right, and then, or stick your nose in there. Get it get uh-huh. it in the way so I have to stop. And then they expect to stop. So they're like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Okay, something else that um, I remember when we were there at your wedding and there was, uh, we ran into rush hour on the outer belt and on the highways there. And I found that the berm lane, which is like the first entry lane when you first come in, and it's actually the lane that ends up being like the, when you need to pull over because your cars broke down, it actually becomes a lane during rush hour traffic. And I remember seeing signs um, from like 7 to 10 a.m. Monday through Friday and from 3 to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday, that lane becomes uh, an extra lane and people drive on it and it's a little weird. I mean, I've been in big cities with, with traffic and they don't do that and I know that's a Boston thing. So have you ever experienced that or is that something that you already knew when you first moved there or... Uh, no, when I first moved there, I mean, I didn't know about it, but when I was driving in the slow lane and someone flew by me on my right side, like I quickly learned, but the the thing to pay attention to that is it is posted between certain hours. It's called the breakdown lane. So when they refer to it, the okay. breakdown lane, it would be that extra lane on the right, which is when you, when you're coming on the highway, like you're, like you're on an on-ramp, you will land in that lane if you keep right. driving straight. So, um, the laws of the road still, you still have to yield. Like if you're on the as on-ramp. you're coming in on the on ramp, right. so yeah, you just have to pay attention if you happen to be on the on ramp during the posted hours. But that is only on certain highways, not all highways, and the cops do enforce that one pretty good. So as okay, long, as long, just pay attention to the posted signs. And generally, if there's a lot of people doing it, I'm not saying that's a go ahead to go ahead and do it, but go ahead and do it if they're doing it. But you're saying if there's a lot of people doing it outside that uh, right. allotted time is what you're saying, right? Well, even if it's like sometimes there'll be a wreck on the weekend, oh. and they'll use that breakdown lane even though it says no, you're not allowed to do it on the weekend. It's only right. during rush hour. So uh-huh. like if there's a wreck or they have construction, people will use that breakdown lane. And generally, the cops are pretty lenient about it, except for during an hour. Like if there's no reason for you to be in there, they'll bust you. Cool. Okay. Because I, I really realized that last time, and I'm like, oh, we should probably pay attention to this. So, and yeah, it's a little a little weird. And I was surprised that they didn't use the left lane as an actual extra lane. It's it's the right lane that you're using as an extra lane, which is a little different. So Right. Well, they do that because, I mean, Boston's been established forever, so, like, they're having issues growing. So they have to, like, come up with these weird ways to make what they have work. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the road we're referring to is 95 or 128. It goes around Boston. This is... Probably the only road you'll have the breakdown lane in use like that. Oh, okay. 93, which is the one that goes straight through Boston. Um, that road, the only thing unique about that is during rush hour, it takes an extra lane of the opposite side of the road. So, like, it has this island that moves back and forth. So when you're going north into the city, it, they have these immovable walls that will take up an extra lane oh, on the outgoing okay. traffic. Okay. And then it's reversed on the on rush hour coming out of the city. Right. So... Yeah, that makes sense, and I've seen cities that have that in in play, but they don't have a movable wall. They just have like lights above their. Right. Above so they their, open them and close them. But open yeah, and ours close. the you wall. Just... They actually have a machine that they call a caterpillar thing, and it moves the wall over, big wow. enough for a car. And it's it's called the HOV lane. So like, if you have to have two or 
two or more people in the car to get in that lane. Right. Like a carpool lane. Mm-hmm. And I've been, I've driven through cities like Atlanta that has an HOV lane that's specific on the highway, only one direction. But you will get busted if you're a single driver in that lane. Right. And yeah. Right. They, but they actually have a cop posted right when you enter. So they Okay. Cool. Every, every time there's a guy sitting there. So he catches you if you try to okay through there cool so yeah it's something to keep in mind as you're driving through boston now let's talk about transportation in boston and let's say let's say let's not we don't want to drive in boston because it's a little hectic and maybe we're just going to get a cab ride maybe we're just going to do some stuff um what in your mind is the if you're a visiting boston you fly in or whatever you're not driving what's other what's your best way of transportation in boston that you can think of that you would enjoy that's easy and works well well, I mean, I haven't been to too many other bigger cities, but the T is pretty simple compared to, like, I mean, I know I have friends in New York, and their subway system's, like, a mess compared to, like, what I would view our our T system, which is our transport, public transportation, uh-huh. referred to as the T. But uh, I would use that simply, I mean, it's pretty simple compared comparatively to, like, uh, New York's and things of that nature. But, right. Um, if you're definitely, if it's just like a, a, a couple, so it's just you and your wife or whatever, I would take the T because the fares are cheaper where a cab, you have to like, it's just you and your wife splitting this fare where if you have a group of like five people and you can get in like a cab, you split the fare and it's about, it's about the same as if you were to take the T. Okay. So, I mean, I would refer to the T and I'm only comfortable with it and I would, I mean, yeah, it's pretty simple. It's not like mm-hmm. rocket science. Yeah, and I remember going into it and picking up on it right away. Now, I've been to Boston before, and I've dealt with it before. But um, And when you say the T, um, there's a subway that's actually a T, but then there's also a bus system that's a T, right? And right. is that the only two, basically, options that you have? Yeah, they're just referred to as different colors. So, like, there's a red line, a green line, and these are all, like, trolley cars. And then there's a silver line, which is actually a bus, but they still call it the silver line T. Okay. So it's T silver line. Okay. And if I'm not mistaken, the airport connects to the Silver Line, correct? And the Blue Line. And the Blue Line. Yeah. Okay. And that's the best way to get from the airport into an actual subway T station to, in order to get to the rest of the city, right? Yeah. Okay. Entering South Station. Change here for the commuter rail and the Silver Line service to Logan Airport. Cool. And um, roughly, is it is it obviously it's just like any other any other transportation where you pay you can pay per day or you can pay per ride, and it's probably cheaper to just pay for the whole day if you're going to ride it a bunch, right? Um, rough. Do you know roughly how much is it better to just ride it a couple times, or when do you actually get enough spend enough money on it that you're um, going to need to pay for a day pass, and then it's cheaper to just pay for the day pass? Yeah, I think it's. Probably if you were to get on and off the tee at least three times, maybe four times in a day, you'd be more apt to get a day pass. Because I think the day pass is probably seven bucks, where a single ride costs a buck thirty, I think. Okay. Maybe a buck sixty. They have like these special Charlie cards that are plastic and you can reuse them. If mm-hmm. you use that, it's a cheaper fare. Okay. By like ten cents or thirty cents or something like that. But regardless. They they have they have day passes. They also have weekend passes or week week passes that last seven days. Okay. Which is I think they're roughly fourteen dollars. So if you're in town for a long time, oh, that definitely is the way to go because it covers all your train, bus, and I think some ferries if you want to take. Oh yeah. Because it's all in the the MBTA, the 
Bay State Transportation, whatever, whatever. Right, Massachusetts Bay, yeah, State of Transportation or something, yeah. whatever, yeah. But they're all okay. covered under this weekend pass. So okay. if you wanted to go, like, I mean, I live in Quincy, so there's a ferry that goes from Quincy to Boston, and I believe that is covered under the weekend pass. Okay. Cool, and then obviously fourteen days, fourteen dollars is for the week is way cheaper than seven dollars per day if you're right. doing a seven dollar day, and it also helps with if you don't have a car. Well, heck, you can get right. a lot of places. Okay, so so what if you don't have a car and you're just riding the T? Roughly, do you think you can get around? Okay, say I'm going and I'm just going to go for leisure. I want to go check out restaurants. I want to go check out attractions, so to speak, whatever in Boston. Is the T? good enough that i could just take the tea the entire time and i don't think i need to get a cab you think um yeah i mean it's you just have to know the tea pretty well to understand where it takes you and where it's because like there's they take there's a tea that takes you everywhere in boston so like if you want to go to fenway if you want to go to the north end if you want to go to like anywhere else there's a tea that takes you there you just understand how you how you get to that tea that takes you there okay and then, and then sometimes the like so just to diffuse the problem, if getting a cab would probably be sometimes the easiest. Okay. But understanding, like, if you got a crew of four or five people, it's almost the same price as if you were all to ride the T. So it's almost, might as well just hop on a taxi because you're all splitting the fare. Yeah. Which makes it about the same as a T. But, again, if you're going place to place to place, right. a, a if you fare have the, is going to go up. If you have a day pass, it doesn't matter. Then take the T because it's free. Yeah. And so. if you if you miss a stop and you're if you get on big off, deal, just go back on and go ride again and, or ask someone. In fact, I was there and uh, I think I asked like one of the attendants and they basically told me a little, oh, no, you're going to need to get on the green line and go this way or something. And so Yeah, they're, they're yeah. pretty helpful. That's what they're there for. Right. I mean, even, I mean, some people think New England people are hard. They're just, they're skeptical. So as long as you're not trying to sell them anything, they're pretty nice. Yeah. Okay. Um, the next thing also is purchasing a ticket. Like if you have a Charlie card and you want to get a Charlie card, um, don't you have to get it from actually a person? Like at the te- like at the ticket window, you have to actually get it from a person rather than a machine. Yeah, they have the kiosks, and then there's like there's always one station where there's a guy there that if you go to him and you ask for a Charlie card, he'll give you the plastic reusable card that has cheaper fares. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go to that guy and go to the kiosks, they'll print off a paper slip. Mm-hmm. But and yeah. the kiosks I remember can use cash and credit. Yep. And it's really cool and easy to use. You don't really have to do much. You just had to have to know what's your way around. In fact, when we were there, I felt like I was helping one of somebody else out of town because they didn't know how to add on some credits onto their card and different stuff like that. And uh, um, so basically, you go get the Charlie card and you put as much money as you want on it, and then you go over to the kiosk when you run out of your Charlie card and add more to it, and it still keeps you as a cheaper fee, right? Yep. Okay. Cool deal. Um, so something to keep in mind. Just one more thing. Uh, yeah. The Charlie card is a magnet thing. So you tap it. The little paper cards, you have to slide in like a credit card. Okay. But the Charlie cards are a magnet. So you just kind of like touch touch it to the little spot where you're supposed to. And it goes bing. And then you're good. So don't slide it. No swiping or anything. It's just. Okay. Yeah. And that's, that's also at the kiosk that you add yep. credit to it. And that's also at the gate when you walk through. Yep. Okay. Okay. Cool deal. So basically, recommendations in using the tea if you're going to tra- transfer a lunch, get a Charlie card and get a weekend week pass if you're going to be there a week or a weekend pass, and then or you just get a day pass if you're only going to be there for like a day and use it a bunch. So okay, cool deal. All right, let's talk about uh, actually flying into Boston. I know you guys, you guys fly a cheap flight because you're using is it JetBlue that you guys fly? 
Yeah. Okay, and the reason you use JetBlue is why? Because there's a hub in Pennsylvania when you fly to Pennsylvania? Yeah, it flies to Pittsburgh, and so I believe the generally, if you go on, like, if you just look on the prices, they range from, like, we can get a ticket pretty cheap for, like, 80 bucks, around 89 bucks for a round trip. Okay. Which I live, like, I'm in Ohio now with, with my brother visiting the family, so, like, a Boston to Ohio would be, like, $300 round trip, so it was, like... Oh a yeah, significant difference. So we just flew to Pittsburgh, and then. And the reason you flew to Pittsburgh was because the hub was in Pittsburgh, or yeah. is, okay. JetBlue, the JetBlue flight. Okay, JetBlue so doesn't even come to Columbus, I don't think. At yeah, least from Boston, there's not a direct flight. So. Right, but what I'm saying is, do you, to your knowledge, is there any hub in Boston that's easier to catch on, like that you know of? I guess I should have asked you this beforehand. I thought there might have been a hub in Boston of JetBlue, but there's not a hub. Okay, not that I'm aware of. Okay, other than there's a cheap flight. Okay, cool. So I know AirTran goes from Ohio, which is, but it's expensive. So yeah, well, we're talking to people who could fly all around the United States. Right. So who knows? I guess it depends on your city, and you have to figure out those costs. But okay. So as far as flying into the airport, obviously, um, is Logan International the only one that's in Boston? Are there others that you could fly to that are might be cheaper that the T could grab or? Uh, there's none that the T can get to. Okay, so Logan, you're gonna have to fly into Logan International to get to the T. That's yeah. fine. Entering North Quincy. Uh, and the only other thing I was thinking of is hotels and the fact that not a lot of hotels are right near your T station, so you might end up. Let me give an example. Uh, for your wedding, you know. Our sister, Emily, she came in and flew into the Logan. She picked up the T. She had her luggage with her, with her, so she's on the T, you know, train, subway with her luggage. But then once she got to the T station that we were going to go pick her up at, our, actually, our hotel would do a shuttle and go pick her up. And that was the uh, Hampton Inn and Braintree there that we ended up riding. Um, do you find that most of the hotels around there will actually just give you shuttles to the T-stations and stuff like that for free or for a little tip for your driver? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I mean, I live in Quincy, so, like, a lot of times any of those hotels that you can find, people use Quincy as a commute city. So, like, they come there, they live there, they stay there specifically because the T comes to Quincy. It's because of that. All the hotels have kept that in mind so that, like, if it's not cheap or free, it's cheap just to get a shuttle to... Uh, the nearest T, which will take you to the city. Okay. Are there any other cities that are like that, that are like a commute city that might have a lot of hotels to go check out and visit? Yeah. I mean, the ones right off my head, like, I know Quincy, it goes down to Braintree. There's one stop in Braintree, which is the city just south of us. Um, and then it also goes north. I mean, I'm not familiar with the North Shore too much, but if you just Google Boston okay. and see the surrounding cities, almost, you could go to the the train um, website, which is mbta.org or gov, probably gov. Okay. But you can see where the, the their stops are and then just find out what town they're in. And then I'm sure that any hotel within that town would have a shuttle to that nearest T-Station. Okay. Cool. And then as far as staying in Boston, you might say, okay, well, I want to pick a hotel that's downtown Boston, but mainly you might want to only pick a hotel in downtown Boston because you want to go visit downtown Boston when it might be cheaper to find a hotel in Quincy and say, oh, there's a cheaper hotel in Quincy, I can just hop on the T-Station, get down, down downtown Boston, check out all my stuff I want to check out, and then ride it back, and you're, you're fine. So 
Quincy's it sounds like a great place to find a hotel, especially if it's a cheaper rate than downtown Boston. And to your knowledge, you know, is it cheaper or is it pretty much all city no matter where you're going anyway? Because Quincy's just a suburb of the Boston area. Yeah, no, it's definitely cheaper because I know a lot of times the inner city ones are more high end and they're more for the business class. And so people, uh, that, okay. people that stay in those businesses are because a business has paid for them to go for business related things. So they... They're not personally paying for it, so the business is paying for it because of that. It's, like, much more high-end. And not saying there's not mediocre or middle-class hotels there, but a lot of times if you go down there, you will pay a little extra because it's generally their use is for business people during the week. So okay. they have higher rates. Right, right. And then, of course, weekends they might jack the price up because they know, right. hey, there's people coming into town to check out some of the attractions around here and stuff like that so okay cool deal so i think we've covered transportation uh next thing i want to talk about is maybe the weather that just happens roughly in boston now i know you grew up in ohio we talked to a lot of people from all around the world and all around the united states um in your opinion yeah nice weather is nice but sometimes you can get rough weather and especially in the winter january's really cold in boston um so what's some of the best times to check out boston and in your opinion, as far as you've been there now more than, what, three years? Four yeah, years? I think it was going four. Four years. So, yeah, you, you're familiar now with the weather patterns. Um, and I know it may be similar to Ohio, but maybe explain what's the best time to go check it out if you're going to walk around outside or check out the outside of Boston and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, well, summertime's awesome, mainly because the daylight stays forever. Okay. The sun rises at, like, I want to say five and doesn't set till. 10 something okay or whatever cool. so like the summer is definitely i would i mean it's one of my favorite times because it's as soon as you wake up whether you wake up at six it's bright out like it's been sunning like the sun's been up for three hours but um so i would say summertime is one of my personal favorites understanding it does get hot and gets muggy sometimes i mean you take that with a grain of salt mm-hmm. understanding you can't have a great day every day um but i know another good time would become like fall Fall time is a big time because of the the foliage and uh, and people come to Boston and they travel up to Maine and they see the the changing of the leaves and it's 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 a pretty big attraction so I know a lot of people come for that. But other, if those are your things, I would definitely stay away from the winter season unless you like snow and darkness because yeah when it gets when it becomes like winter season it's just dark all the time and it snows all the time and it, it's pretty cold. I mean I live in Ohio. Coming from Ohio, that's the only thing I have a judge against. So, like, right. my comparison is it's not as cold as Ohio, but it gets, when it snows, it snows. Like, it only snows in a foot and a half increments. Right. So like last last year, I think we had five storms all year, but every storm was at least a foot and a half of snow every time. So, yeah. And I know, like, coming from Ohio, we'd have little snows and it'd be like maybe an inch or two. And then no big deal and melt, but no. In Boston, it just snows and then piles up. It doesn't melt; it stays. And then the next snow snows yeah. and then it piles up. And mm-hmm. then, but and this is just last year. I mean, it might we are different. Winter, it's, it's different every season. So. Right, right. Okay, and when you when that happens, how does um, say you are there and it snows? Like say you want to go for Christmas. And it snows a bunch. Obviously, they, I'm guessing they do an awesome job with clearing the roads and stuff like that, similar to like what's over here. Oh yeah. 
Or and I remember in Martha's Vineyard, they were pretty um, anal about not using salt on the roads because it kind of deteriorated things. Do they do that too in Boston, or is it just they do salt? And they... No, there's certain areas that are like no salt areas, and there's other areas that are permitted to. Okay. But now they have a pretty big workforce when it comes to plowing. So okay. when it snows, they're pretty on top of their game. All right. Cool deal. And so, and obviously there's a beach there in Boston. So obviously if you're going to be there in the summer, beaches are an attraction to anybody around and you can go check out stuff on the beach. And so warm weather is helpful. Um, And then you mentioned fall foliage and kind of the changing of the trees, how the colors change and all that stuff. Is Even though it is a city, is there areas that are dedicated, like maybe a state park, sort of like a Central Park area um, in Boston to visit that's during the fall that you could see that? or um, We do have, there's two parks there that we call them the Boston Commons. Okay. Um, but, I mean, there's one of them, one side of the, it's split by a main road and there's one park on each side. And one side has like a frog pond, which is like a little a shallow pond that in the winter they make a skating rink so okay. you can like skate and in the summer it's like a little pond with like little squirting water and all things for the kids to play in mm-hmm. and um on the other side of the park on the other side of the road is like a it's like a garden like a sense so like that is if you're in the city that's probably your closest thing to get to like a a garden or see the leaves sure. change things of that nature outside of that you have to go a little bit outside of the city to okay. uh, to see the foliage Okay, and of course the T station is right there, and there's a Boston Commons stop that you can take, right? I believe it's the Green Line, right? Um, I know there's Park Street is on the Red Line. It pops you out right on the corner of one of the parks. Okay, but uh, there's a, they're all around. Yeah. Okay. So, depending on where you are at in the park specifically, and there's probably a different T near you. Okay. Um, while we talk about that, um. In your opinion, does the city get busier during the weekends, or does it tend to be busier during, like, in Columbus? The central part of Columbus is very business-oriented, so the central part of Columbus is not an attraction-based area. But the Boston has a lot more to offer because of the historical aspect of the city and the fact that it's been around a lot longer in the United States. Does this, do you know, does the city get busier on the weekends in the center, or does it usually end up just being business people a lot? Well, the weekends or the weekdays? Either or. Like, weekends, yeah. weekdays. Well, the weekdays, they're just, you just see a lot of business people walking around. But, yeah, there's a financial district that, like, there's a lot of, you'll see a lot of more business people. But it's kind of, I mean, there are attractions there. I know the aquarium is near there. So, like, it's kind of mingled mesh. It's not so separated like okay. Columbus. So, you'll, so know, it's all. attractions, some business people, then attractions. And, like, it's all pretty well meshed together. Okay. And have you ever been on the tea and used the tea during those crazy, crazy busy times? And how efficient is it? Does it work really, really well for you? Yeah, I mean, everybody gets on there. It's, I mean, I won't say if you're, if you don't have a small personal bubble, you might be feel a little invaded if you travel during like the commute times. Okay. Because, um, and generally how it works is like I we live I live in Quincy, so when you get on the T, it's not too crowded. But as you get closer to the city, it gets more and more and more and more and full. And then by the time you're almost to the city, it's pretty crammed in there. Okay. So it, that's another thing. If you're traveling from outside of the city to the city, you might be able to see on T, and then it's a little more comfortable. But as you travel to the city, it gets more jammed, and you might have to avoid some 
awkward situations. Sure. So it might be important to know if you're flying in and you get into Logan and then you need to catch the T during rush hour and you got your luggage with you, you might be trying to jimmy your luggage through a bunch of people. Right. Well, even so, and driving, if you were to drive, with, mm -hmm. your, whoever's picking you up, what I'm sure would greatly appreciate if you picked a time flying in outside of rush hour. Right. I mean, I would always, if some friend's flying in, I would say, hey, pick some time, like, at, around noon or later, like, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Because, mm -hmm. like, that wastes a lot of time to, like, drive in there and drive out. It's And I live in Quincy, so it's only, it's pretty close, but it's still a waste. Still because of a lot of... It's a two-hour commute if, oh, if it's man. crammed. Wow. And how many miles is Quincy from the center of Boston? Like, I want to say... 10? 20? Something like that. Wow. That's crazy. Okay. So, yeah, something to keep in mind as you're going in there. And So, basically, uh, to sum that part up, yeah, there's not really, like, in any time during the, during the day, during the weekend or week that you might want to go visit Boston that might be any different. There's always people around, and so... Taking the T is probably the biggest recommendation in that regard, so that you don't have to deal with the traffic. Even in, even when it is busy, the T is efficient and works well with that. So, okay, um, I know that you live there, so you don't necessarily go there to visit attractions. But um, what might be some things, some highlights? You mentioned some already. Uh, you mentioned the aquarium for people to go check out, which costs money. You mentioned Boston Commons, which is the park area to go check out in Boston. Um, I know of the Freedom Trail, I can speak to that a little bit, but are there any others that you would recommend that people have, that you've checked out that you think, hey, that's pretty cool, it's a little bit of history from the United States, you know, um, whatnot? Yeah, I mean, it all depends on like who you are and what you're traveling with. So if you're a history buff, there's definitely plenty there for you. If you're a family things, you got kids and you want to entertain them, there's plenty of that. There's a kids museum. There's a museum of science. There's a, um, there's the duck, duck boat tours. All these things are organized for families and either that or single people like, or just couples. Um, but yeah, I think, and then there's even stuff there for like the bachelor. If you want to go fishing, like I know there's plenty of sport fishing. If you want to like go catch some flounder or some okay. striped bass or whatever you wish. Okay. There's, there's plenty of that stuff to do. And then there's that one jet boat that, like, speeds really quick, and it's got a ton of people on it. What's that thing called? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> I've seen it before. It's but. crazy fast, and there's so many people on that boat. But anyway, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down with Doug, and we'll do an actual show on all the attractions in Boston. Well, not all, because that's a ton. But we're going to talk about more details of a lot of these things that you can check out. Um, and obviously, I'm not expecting you, Avery, to remember it all because you just live there and you just do some of it every once in a while. But anyway, I just thought you'd get some of the opinions of some of the stuff that's around. But Yeah, we have our normal routine when people come in, where we take them. And yeah. Like, well, let's say, what is that normal routine? Where would you take me? Like, I know, you've already taken me, but where would you take somebody else that's not been there? A lot of times we'll take you to uh, Faneuil Hall, which is, um, it's like, it's called, uh, it's, it's downtown, and it's just like a plaza which has like it's a straight run and through this middle of this plaza is nothing but like food places and then on the outside of the food places there's like little shops and antique shops and little knick-knack buying shops and then outside of that is almost like a mall so there's a big outer ring circle that has just like your traditional clothing stores like Abercrombie and um, Gap and 
all that things, stuff things mm -hmm. of that nature so that's we always take them to that place and it's pretty cool and it's not too far from uh, the north end which features um, a lot of the Italian food and uh, Mike's pastries oh yeah and okay. also the modern pastries I've never been to modern pastries but there's always a debate with the people here that modern versus Mike's pastries and pe people say Mike's is just toury and then modern is but I I still go to Mike's Mike's is great. They have the cannolis, which is what everybody goes there for. Yeah. Well, um, I think it's Modern's Pastries was featured on the Travel Channel, and they actually went there, and so that's why I think everybody kind of wants to go there all the time, so it might yeah. be toury because of that, but Mike's, yeah. If you enjoy Mike's and you're a local, and it goes to show that, yeah, the Travel Channel may hit other places, but and Mike's may seem toury to some people, and I know that's sort of an artistic opinion. Sometimes people, locals, might be like, "I don't like tourists. I don't want to go there or whatever." Right. Um, well, but, it's one of those places you go. There's always a line, and you got to wait. And then, like when you get up to the window, you better know what you want, or they're gonna like say, "You know, hurry up." Yeah, hurry <laughs> so up. Make, we got a line. Yeah. Plan your attack very well, <laughs> and uh, bring cash because they don't have. I don't believe they take credit. Oh, that's something I didn't know. Okay. Do you yeah. know about Modern? Does Modern take credit? Yeah, I mean, I've never been there, so I don't know. Okay, you don't know. Okay. But I know Mike's, there's just cash. Yeah. And where is Mike's in relative to everything? Is it downtown, like, Yeah, Northside? I think it's Hanover Street is the street that it's on. But if you go to Fania Hall, it's only, like, 10-minute walk. 10-minute walk? Okay. Well, Fania Hall is, if you go to the Government Center, it's not too far of a walk. If the Government Center would be a stop on the Green Line. Green Line Government Center. Okay. Cool deal. Um, all right, so we kind of touched on it now that we're talking about good places to eat. What are, well, are there some other good places to check out that you would recommend for people coming into town that may only spend a week there in their lifetime and just come to hang out? Yeah, well, like I said, the the routine, we always take our who our guests are to the sail loft, which is right over there by the Faneuil, by Faneuil Hall. It's okay. uh, just, a, just a brief walk. It's a little shop, little pub thing. It has uh, dining, and then during, they have sport games on, so it's a little bar. But uh, they have... So we always take our guests there, mainly because we like eating there. So yep. we're like, why not? Two birds, one stone kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But um, they also, not too far from there, there's great Italian food, like more than you'd ever think you'd have options of. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, seafood. Seafood, Lobster. of course. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Joe's American Grill, or Joe's something grill, I don't know. But I've been there. It was pretty good. And that place is uh, what you're referring to is uh, isn't that the mall that they filmed Paul Blart Mall Cap, where they actually is that the one you're talking about? Although uh, that's like there's another one downtown, but yes, there is one there too. Okay, so that's just like a local chain that kind of is yeah. owned by several restaurants. And they're all good. They make everything homemade. So like, it's not chain like nationwide, but as far as I know, to like the Boston area. Yeah, like you're not gonna find this in. Probably, well, I don't know if there's one in New York City. Right. It might be the coast. I don't know. Okay. But you definitely won't find one, like, outside. Okay. Like, the coast. Okay. Cool deal. Um, I, I can't think of anything else to cover in a general form. I wanted to give everybody... Uh, the first thing I always want to talk about is transportation so they know how to get around. But, obviously, there's so many attractions. And, like you said, depends on your family format. If you have family, if you have a couple, if you want to do what you want. Well, not to mention sports. Things. We didn't say anything about sports. Oh, uh, yeah. Boston's a huge sports town, so... If you aren't going for a sport event, you may want to look into that because when there is a sport event, like if the Celtics are playing or the Bruins are playing, downtown's normally a mess. 
like okay. here in these games. So like, well, the Red Sox, right? Is it a mess then too? No, even anything, any reason to get out, they it's a freaking wreck. Wow. <laughs> but you okay. don't have to worry about the Patriots. They don't play downtown. They play uh, in Foxborough. Yeah. So that's nowhere near Boston. But right. So Celtics, Bruins, and the Red Sox. Red Sox. Okay. So keep that in mind. On that note, too, though, we actually stopped at that one place right there by Fenway, and I think it was called, what's that? It's Fenway, is it Fenway Ale? Is that the name of the place? It's right across from Fenway Park. It's a place where you have burgers. It's like a brewery. They have their own brewery oh, there. Boston Beer Works. Boston Beer Works is what it was called. For yeah, for yeah. your bachelor party. Yeah. But, man, the uh, burger there, I forget what I had on it, like chili or something. That was like one of the best burgers I've ever had there, and it's a local shop. But it's right there by Fenway Park. Um, you can, if you're a sports fan and you want, during off-season or during an off-day, you can actually... There's a bar that actually lets you have a window into Fenway, so you don't need to have a ticket to get into Fenway, and you can actually get in ahead of time before a game and watch it. Watch the game from the window at the bar. But And I forget what that place is called, but across the street is called this... Uh, Boston Beer Works. Boston Beer Works, and they have good food. And so if you're there on a non-game day, I'm sure it's a great place to go check out. It's not as busy as a game day, and you can get some good food while you're walking around and checking out the place. And then there are tours that you can take of Fenway Park, and I believe, I forget what the cost was, but do you guys, you haven't done I that I haven't yet. taken the tour. Yeah, I remember your buddy Aaron telling me about it, and I, I want to say it was 20 bucks, but... Don't don't put on that on the record. We'll talk about that in the in the next coming shows about attractions in Boston, and I'll give you details on that. But anyway, yeah. So there's so much to do in Boston. It's a big city. Um, lots to do. Lots to check out. So, anything else you want to comment on of everything we talked about in terms of visiting? Any tips for outsiders? Any other items that you can think of right now? Uh. No, other than if you decide to drive, drive aggressively. It makes us all happy. <laughs> okay, so there you have it from a true Bostonian. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think that's about it. Uh, with that, we will cover a lot more. Doug and I will sit down and talk a lot more about Boston. We'll probably try to... We might even do a whole show on the T just to give you some descriptions when you're planning your trip. Um, there's maps online, like Avery said. MBTA has some stuff, I know that for sure, and, and some different things. Um, so we're going to take a break here, and we'll come back and wrap up the show. Thanks. Entering Downtown Crossing. Change here for the orange line. One real quick note just to clarify so that you guys have info on your needs when it comes to traveling on the T. If you go to mbta.com, that is where all the information is available in order to check out your transportation within Boston, Massachusetts. All right, so there you go. Uh, some little information about Boston. In fact, there is so much more to cover, including attractions, historical things we can talk about, food places to visit, and much more. Special thanks to my brother for coming and hanging out and talking on this week's show. I'll definitely be contacting you, Ave so that we can get some more info on some of those restaurants because I want to talk about just a strictly food show, one of these shows with Doug. And we'll get some info from you before we do that show. But anyway, stay tuned, everybody. We are going to be talking more about Boston. We'll also be still covering Walt Disney World and Universal Studios Florida 
here in the coming weeks. Um, we may also throw in a Washington, D.C. show left over from Doug. In fact, his uh, wife just came back from Washington, D.C. So we'll probably have a little more updates of what's going on, especially because of the earthquake and the Washington Monument and being cracked. That might have caused problems with everybody touring and wanting to go to the Washington Monument. But anyway, we'll talk about that on future shows. So thanks so much for sticking with us this week, everybody. Um, if you have any questions, please email us at podcast at theseamazingplaces.com. If you have any questions for my brother, by all means, please email us. He can hook, hook you up with uh, some details if you want to head to Boston. Um, Roy is there and available if you need have questions about Disney or Universal. Um, Doug and I went to Universal recently, so we can help you out there. And, of course, anything dealing with the show. If you have anything you want to say, anything you want to pass on to us, say whatever hey, I went there and it didn't work out or it did work out. We'd love to hear from you and we'd love to put that on the show and uh, let everybody know what's going on. So so thanks so much for listening this week, everybody. Uh, hopefully the weather is good for you. It's great here in Ohio right now, but we're going to be hitting colder weather soon. Um, getting into that Halloween season where it's a little sketchy, rainy, colder, and of course heading into winter and getting ready for that. So hope you guys are staying warm and enjoying the show. Uh, other than that, Doug should be back with me next week or he'll be doing a show too. And, uh, we'll go from there. So thanks so much for listening. See ya. Have a great week. This podcast has been brought to you by theseamazingplaces.com. Copyright 2011. Thanks so much for listening. No smoking, please.